Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And we are together via Zoom once again. And uh, yeah, got some uh, snow happening. A little bit. Not like the southern U.S., like Texas, where they're getting hammered. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> A little taste of what we put up with every winter. That's true. And that's right. uh, one of the reasons, of course, uh, we get together on Zoom is because of weather. We're one thing. And of course, the pandemic that's going on. So, right. But hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. We'll be able to get together in the same room once again. So Hopefully. Rachel, yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing tonight? As well as we can be. <laughs> I'm really excited to speak to this young lady. Her name is Bettina. She's from the southern U.S. I don't know if she wants to say where she's from, but we'll leave that yeah. up to her. And I'm excited because she is our very first guest who has ever had a dogman encounter. Oh, and wow. this is this is something uh, that's kind of new to us. You know, we've talked about other cryptids. We've talked about Bigfoot and and uh, other oddities that run around the forest, but never dogman. And uh, Bettina and I kind of connected maybe about a month ago and uh, had a lengthy phone conversation. And she was telling me some crazy stuff and sent me some crazy photos. And she's got some crazy stories. And I can't wait to hear. So, Bettina, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to share my encounters and my sighting and all that good stuff. I'm glad to um, be with you guys tonight. Thank I you. Seen you I can't remember if I seen you in that group, Dogman Believers Only, but I think you had commented on there and I said, well, let me reply back to you. I, I wanted to reply back to you because of that. I, can't, I think it was Dogman Believers Only group. Right. And Something so that's like that. how I reached out to you. I think I can't remember if you were looking for people who had had Dogman sightings on there, but that's why I reached out because I was like, wow, this is pretty interesting. Because I've, I've done my encounter on um, a couple of shows now, my show, and then on Jeff Nadoni. Are you familiar with Jeff Nadoni? No. no. Dogman Encounters with Jeff Nadoni. He's pretty big now on YouTube. He's under Dark Waters umbrella now. And okay. also Mysterious Huntsman. And I shared it with another. Um, channel also on youtube but they basically do a lot of narrations but i've done a couple interviews and i since i talked to you last i don't know if i shared it with you before but i have also um i don't know if i shared the picture with you with that nest that i found on oh, live no. video no but, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that after okay so if you'd like to tell us uh where it all began for you and this uh crazy encounter that you had okay well um, my name is B Moss, Bettina Moss, and I'm from Alabama, North Alabama to be exact. Um, before I ever had my dogman encounter, I already believed in their existence because I had listened to different um, podcasts and shows on YouTube like Brenton Sawin's um, Dogman Encounters with Vic Condiff and several other um, shows, even some of the Sasquatch Chronicles episodes where there was a few people on there as well who had had dogman encounters. So I believed about them already. And I'm, I'm already a type of person where I'm kind of down to earth and open-minded when it comes to cryptids or the supernatural paranormal. So none of that was ever closed for me as far as um, cryptids were concerned. Having had 
watched and listened to those shows for years, I, I just, I believed in them, but I never thought that I would have my own encounter. What it is for me, like the, when I had my first encounter, or I guess I'll call it my first encounter. The other ones were sightings, but my first encounter, I was um, on weekends. My husband would always during hunting season, he liked to go hunting. And so he would be away from the house, like almost every weekend. And I would take those weekends to go and visit with my parents. They're just, you know, at their house and I'm not doing anything. And instead of just sitting in my house for the weekend and just being bored, I would go visit them every single weekend. So one particular weekend, it was just like any other weekend, I go to their house and I'm a little bit extra when I pack to go out of town, even if it's for two days, it's not even out of town. They live 30 or 45 minutes away from where I live at in Huntsville. So um, I would pack a bag. And like I said, I'm extra. So <laughs> I would have like five or six days worth of clothes for two days because I like to have options. <laughs> <laughs> so I always had a suitcase. Thank God that particular night that I didn't get out of the car and um, do what I would normally do is take forever to get out of, you know, to get out of the car and then take forever getting the suitcase out of the car and all that kind of stuff. I'm glad I didn't get out right away like I normally would. I pull up at my parents' house. I pull up next to, um, I pull into their neighborhood. And the way that their neighborhood is set up, it's open on both ends. Like there's two two openings, to entrances to the neighborhood. So um, on the end where my parents live, like, of course, it's like a cul-de-sac. So as I pull up next to the curb, um, I'm parked underneath like a big oak tree and I'm parked next to the curb because their driveway is at an incline and both of their vehicles are in that incline. So I'm parked on the street facing the woods. And like I said, I already believed in dog man, but I still, I'm never at that point, I was never looking to have my own encounter, but my headlights are still on. I had not cut the car off yet. The headlights are still on. So I'm basically looking straight ahead into the entrance of the woods. So as I'm looking into that entrance of the woods, I see something tall, dark, and I mean, when I say dark, it was darker than the darkness. It was like pitch black standing there. But in my mind, like I'm, my mind is just thinking, and I know this is like most people who tell their dogman encounters, they don't just get into it immediately, but that's how mine happened. Like I've seen it immediately, pretty much as soon as I pulled up next to the curb, because I hadn't cut the headlights off. I hadn't even cut the car off yet. So they're still shining into the woods and I'm looking and I'm like, what in the world is that? I know that can't be what I think it is. So I'm looking and I decided, okay, let me turn my high beams on. I turned the high beams on and my worst fears were confirmed. Like I was looking at a dog man. Um, it was pitch black. It was darker than the darkness. It was not obscured or hidden behind trees. It wasn't, um, it wasn't cloaked or anything like that. It was just standing there in its full glory. Um, I'm not good at guesstimating height or anything like that, but I know that by looking at it, it wasn't just like an average person's height. If I had to guess, I would say it was probably eight to eight and a half feet tall, jet black. Um, and I know this is probably going to sound stupid, but if <laughs> if you could just picture its body, it was very extremely muscular. Um, if you could take like Shaquille O'Neal's um, stature or whatever, maybe his height, and then add a few more feet to that. And then um, the muscle mass, like the arms, the shoulder and all that kind of stuff, that area, and then put a dog man's head on top of it. That's how muscular and how broad and um, 
how how this thing looked body wise. So as I'm looking at this creature, I'm just sitting there. I put the high beams on. So before I put the high beams on, it had its back towards me. Like, so I'm looking at it from the back. When I put the high beams on it, it turned and looked right back at me. And when I say it looked back at me, like if it was like a natural animal, like a dog or something like that, it might look back at the car, but it's not looking directly through the windshield, like right into your eyes, like making eye contact with you, like this thing was doing. It looked back when I put the high beams on it, turned. So it's that its back is to me, but it turned to look back over its shoulder at me in the car. And you see how I was doing that just now? Mm-hmm. It turned to look back at me and it looked directly into my eyes. And I know it probably seemed like it was forever, but if I had to guesstimate, it probably wasn't more than eight to 10 seconds. It just looked at me. And when it looked at me, I was such, I was in such awe of looking at this creature. Not, And I think almost being in disbelief that I'm actually looking at a dog man in real life in the flesh that I didn't even have time to be afraid just yet. I got afraid shortly thereafter, but not right at that moment, because one thing about this particular dogman that I've seen that was different than what I've heard everybody else explain was that it didn't have that amber eye color that everybody talked about. It had like a really bright blue luminescent color to its eyes. So I was awestruck by the color of its eyes. Now, I've heard other people share encounters and um, talk about this, but it is very rare that you ever hear the blue eye color. Since then, I've um, personally interviewed a few people who um, are researchers in the field, and they have talked about the ones with the blue eyes, but they say it's very rare. And I'll go into that later as far as their theory on what that blue eye color means. And I've actually, um, some of the interviews I've done, three or four of them at this point, have actually the same exact theory about the different eye colors and I'll go into that later but it looked straight into my eyes and it looked at me maybe like eight to ten seconds and after it done that it just casually turned its head back around and walked on into the woods so the where my headlights were pointing towards it the wood line is directly straight ahead like where I was already parked like it was going straight ahead so whatever it was originally getting ready to do before I pulled up to that curve, it just continued on to do what it was getting ready to do, which I guess was to head down into the woods, head back into the woods. So it looked at me kind of like, oh, it, this is the feeling or perception I got from it. It was like, oh, it's just you, no big deal. Almost like it knew me, like, okay, no, it wasn't. Most people talk about when they have a sighting of a dog man, how the dog man is like, oh crap, like I've just been seen. Like, let me hurry up and try to hide or let me pretend like I'm a tree or or a stump or a bush. It didn't do that. It was just like, oh, it's just you. It just looked and then it casually turned. It didn't run. It didn't go down all fours. On two legs, it just walked casually back down the trail into the woods. I sat there for a few minutes um, after this encounter. And because at that moment, like, my nephew was in the house. My parents were in the house. Normally, I have a key to their house. Normally, I would just get out and um, gather my things, like not even thinking about anything that's outside, not scared, not worried, get my suitcase and like roll it up the hill and get ready to go in because I have a key to their house. After I seen that, I was like, Mm-mm. I'm not about to get out. No, I'm not getting out. So you and drove I- through the front door, did you? 
No, I sat there in the car and like tears started rolling down my face. And I was like, what the crap did I just see? And I, instead of getting out, I got called inside of the house and my nephew answered the phone. I said, Keyshawn, can you please come? Can you open the door? Can you come out here? Because I had my dog in the car with me, too. I was like, can you open the door? Can you come walk me in the house? I wasn't about to get out because it was if I like if I want to say gauge a distance to this thing, like if I had got out of the car and walked to where it was standing, I probably would have only had to take. And I'm not like I said, I'm not good at gauging distance, but it would probably only taken like 60 to 70, maybe 80 steps to walk over straight to it. Hmm. I wasn't about to get out. Did Did your dog react or see the creature? I don't know if she was, it was, she, I have a little Yorkie and she's like four and a half pounds. I don't think that she was really paying attention to it. Okay. I don't know. It, like she's low to the, I mean, so she can't even really see above the um, dashboard. No. So I don't think she's seen it. And I don't know if she sensed it, but I was so in tune to what I was looking at that I didn't even really pay much attention to her. Mm-hmm. She hmm. wasn't whimpering or crying or anything. Right. But I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. Now, um, when it so, looked at you, Katina, when it looked at you, did you get any, I mean, you're like, you're probably in shock, you know, for a moment. And then, you know, you said you got upset after it, it walked away, but did you get any sense, like any feelings when it looked back towards you or like any, any, uh, thoughts in your head? Like we hear about mind speak with, uh, Sasquatch where they can, uh, you know, use telepathy and things like that. Did you, was there anything like that? At that moment, I didn't have any feelings of telepathy. I didn't have any feelings of fear because I was so awestruck. All I felt, only thing I felt from that thing, from the dog man, was more like, oh, it's just you. Mm-hmm. Like, as if it had seen me for years. My pa- I grew up in that house. So since I grew up there, my parents had lived in, we, they moved in that house in the 80s. And so this was like in like 2013. So it almost now thinking back on it in hindsight, I feel like maybe it had been there for years. Like it had known me, seen me grow up there and seen me like I would often go outside to smoke a cigarette like outside of their house or I would take my little dog in the backyard and play with the soccer ball with her because she liked to play with the ball. And it almost just felt like it was used to seeing me and it wasn't worried about the fact that it had been spotted. It was just it looked at me like, oh, it's just you casually it didn't take off running it just walked off Hmm. so there was never any telepathic thought or anything like that that came in my mind as far as that dog man was concerned the only time I had fear was after the fact after it walked away after I realized you just saw a dog man in real life that yeah that was the moment now because of that that was what got me after that day to actually start to do more research on it for myself and what made me start to go out. I, I wouldn't go in the woods anymore after that, but what that, that's what caused me to start taking pictures on a regular basis. I would take them from a safe distance. The woods borders my parents' backyard. So it's direct. They have a chain link fence. They don't live in that house anymore, but they have a chain link fence. I would often go in. So the woods, like if you're in the backyard, um, there's like a patch of grass that's still part of their backyard. And then behind that patch of grass is the field. And then like the wood line, the trees and stuff are directly behind that. So anytime that I would be in the backyard, 
I would take pictures and I would take videos of my with my phone. Or if I was sit, standing on the side of the house, my parents had like a huge toy chest outside of um, the front door, which was kind of like, they would just put random stuff in there, like folding chairs, toys, stuff that they just was putting in there for junk or whatever reason. And so sometimes I'd just go outside on a regular basis to go sit on that box to smoke a cigarette and look out towards the woods. On several occasions, um, like since I'd had that encounter, I would be out there recording too while I'm out there smoking. And almost every single time that I would be out there, almost every single time I would catch or capture them on camera or on pictures, video. And I actually also, and I know this is weird because I'm giving y'all a lot of information at once. Um, there's several different aspects of Dogman that I've learned since having that encounter and having those repeat sightings after the fact. Um, I don't know if you have any more questions you want to ask because I have other areas I wanted to go into with it. Also, um, after I had that, and I'm just going to throw this out there for you, but after I had my encounter with that particular one, I'm going to say maybe a year or two later, my nephew got off from work one night from McDonald's where he was working at at the time. And I think he might've been 16, 15, 16 years old. And I've already, I mean, like I said, I'm at my parents' house every weekend cause it's hunting season. So, and I didn't want to be at the house by myself. So my nephew pulls up one night. I'm, it's already like 12 o'clock. He's just getting home from McDonald's and he calls my cell phone and he's like, Tina, come out here real quick, please come out. I was like, what's wrong? He said, I'm out here. It's a dog man out here right now. I said, cause I'd already told him about him and I'd had him listening to Big Condom show for years. And I said, Keyshawn, stop playing. Are you serious? He's like, yes, I'm so serious right now. I said, well, what are you doing? And you know how teenagers are They're Like when they pull up, they don't just get out of the car. He had his phone, cell phone lit up. He's chatting and texting back and forth to his girlfriend with his screen lit up. And he's parked further down towards the woods than what I was when I was parked under that uh, tree because I'm back towards the tree. So he had to park further ahead, closer to that woodland where that dog man was when I seen it. So I said, what is, what's, what's going on? He, I said, is it still out there? He said, yes, I'm looking at it right now. I said, well, what is it doing? He said, it's, I said, it's on two feet or four. And I know I shouldn't have been asking all the questions. <laughs> I should have just went out there to like go right away. But my husband actually ended up that particular night. He got through hunting early that night because I wasn't about to go out there. I mean, I would have saved my nephew's life, but but he was there that night. He got in early from hunting. So he was there at my parents' house with me that night. But my nephew was telling me it was on all fours. He said he put the high beams on it as well. And when he did, he said, then it stood up on two legs. He told me it was jet black. He said it was standing up on two feet. He said, and it has pointed ears on top of its, on top of its head. I said, well, what is it doing? He said, it's just standing there looking at me right now. Please come out here. I'm scared. I'm not getting out of the car. So I sent my husband outside to go out and bring him in. So that was two official encounters, like as far as the dog man was concerned. Did, uh, did you tell your parents about your first encounter? I told them about the first encounter. I told them about the repeat sightings. And what, what did they say about the, the first encounter? They didn't did they? believe it. They, they thought it was ridiculous. They told me, you're just making yourself stupid. They're, they're the skeptic. They didn't believe it. They're the ones who scoff at you like how many people in these dogman encounters do. Right. To this day, they still don't. They think it's ridiculous. I've gotten in several debates and heated arguments with them about it because they just refuse to believe it. 
Hmm. Um, I showed them a picture of a dog man and it was a really excellent picture. It wasn't one of those pictures that was that you could say was pareidolia. It wasn't one of those pictures that was real blurry or anything. It was clear. And it was so ridiculous. They said, well, that's just, <laughs> they said, that's just a coyote, like maybe two coyotes. One of them was standing there and then the other one was on the other one's back. I said, really? <laughs> it, still really? Wouldn't, it still wouldn't even be eight to nine feet tall. Thank it, you. It wouldn't I even said, be six feet tall if they were standing on each other's back. Exactly. I said, that's the most ridiculous thing. I said, when was the last time you seen a jet black um, coyote Coyote or a wolf even? They're, they're very rare, right? Thank you. And yeah. I said, look where its head is in the tree. At first, the crazy part about it, when I first showed it to my mama, before she showed it to my, the picture to my dad, at first he was like, oh, <laughs> it's like, it was like, oh, like, um, I don't know what to make of this. And then she showed it to daddy and they tried to theorize. They just was so against it that they wouldn't accept it. Mm. But um, I don't know. I think I've sent you pictures. And I don't know how many I've sent you before. And I'm going to have to probably send them to you again so you can show them to your co-host. But those, I've taken several pictures of them. I have one that I call the um, Holy Grail Dogman picture. There's right. two of them in that picture. I think I still have them, but if I don't, I'll, I'll let you know for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bettina, have you heard of, in that area any mysterious deaths of humans, animals, or anything like that that may have been caused by uh, a dog man? I know that Alabama is a hot spot. I know that um, I have talked to a few people who I've actually talked to uh, like two or three people here from uh, North Alabama who have actually told me their encounters. A lady I was just talking to, I haven't heard of any deaths um, of animals or missing animals or anything like that, other than to say, I know that at one point um, at that same house I was telling you about, my parents um, had a shed in the backyard and my dad had built like some lattice underneath um, the shed in order to kind of close it up where animals couldn't get underneath it. But over time, that lattice had started to like wear away. The wood was starting to wear away. And there was areas around it where um, small animals could get underneath their rabbits, cats, anything small. And so mm-hmm. one day I seen a, a, an adult cat going under there. And so I said, let me go over there and look. And when I went to look underneath it, there was a cat with several baby kittens under there. And this was on a Sunday. We got ready to go to church. And um, these were newborn kittens. We got ready to go to church. After church, I came back because I, I was like, well, I want to, um, you know, just take some cat food out there and give it to them because those are babies. And I just want to make sure that they got food. I came back after church, like two hours later, the mom and the baby kittens, all of them were complete. They were gone. Like, hmm. so that to me was strange. I mean, I know that she could have up and removed them or at any point, but why would you do that? You've got a perfect shelter underneath mm-hmm. this shed there's nothing that can get to them but i know that those dog men that are always there i know they're always watching i've seen them several times i've seen them i've caught them watching watching me i seen one kind of walk up and it was leaning out from behind a tree and i have pictures of that i have a before and after shot where his position has changed and everything so i feel like that they some type of way got to these the cat and kittens i never seen them again after that not even the mother cat didn't you have an encounter uh, where you were sitting outside and you thought one had come up to you and it was cloaked? Yes, um, more than once. But because um, I know like with paranormal activity and paranormal phenomena, 
you know, you like if you voice record or you have a, a what I don't know what you call those devices that you record that kind of stuff with, like EVP devices. Right. Um, I have an EVP EVP device, but I would often take pictures or take my camera and just put it on record. Sometimes I'd have it facing towards the woods, and sometimes I wouldn't because I didn't want them to know I was watching. So sometimes I would be sitting on that box smoking, and I would just press the record button and just set the phone down like on the box. So on more than one occasion, I've actually when I've been recording, I might record 12, 13, 15 minutes at a time. And it, it's been times where I've gone back and listened and you can hear where like, just like you're sitting there right now, um, you can hear something. Just imagine if you hear something snorting or grunting like right next to your head, like right next to your ear, like something is sniffing you and snorting and grunting. And you're looking and you know that, that where you're sitting at, there's nothing else around you. Like my parents' vehicles were under that carport, but there was nothing else there. There's not some animal. There wasn't any road noise because the road is kind of like further back off, like in the distance. No, this thing was uh, snorting, grunting, and it was making a lot of loud noises. And then the strangest thing to me that I've caught on caught on um, audio more than once was, um, and I don't know what to make of this. I think I've told a couple of researchers about it, but the strangest thing was this noise that sounded like... Um, it sounded like metal scraping really loudly across concrete, like it, like something's being dragged. And there's mm. no road noise. It's like directly right there where I am, like right directly behind me underneath the carport. There's nothing that would be making that noise. And that's been more than once. So I told um, a researcher about this and he said, maybe what you caught, maybe that sound that you captured, maybe that was what they call infrasound and you caught it on camera. That's the only thing I can make up. There's no reason why that sound should have been there. Yeah, I've actually uh, I've actually heard uh, people who have have had reports of Sasquatch sightings where they've heard the metallic scraping sound or like a clanging sound. Yes. And uh, even uh, if you ever if you ever watch David Polites, the missing four one one guy, he has mentioned where people have emailed him and said that they've heard this sound and then the person they're camping with has gone missing or just disappeared. It, it almost yeah. sounded it almost sounded like a bear trap or, you know, like those, 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 uh, those traps that uh, hunters or, or trappers use where the, you know, the, the wolves will get their ankles yeah. caught in and it, it clangs, clangs shut. So this yeah, is it's, like, uh, it's very, take... very weird, but, but it's, it's nice. Well, nice, but it, it's interesting to see the similarities between Do you remember dog, dog man and the Sasquatch as well, like with the infrasound and the cloaking and, and other things as well. Do you remember those, oh, like back in the day before they started doing more plastic trash cans or dumpsters back in the day when they had like those silver or- Yeah, the aluminum lithium. garbage cans. Yes. Imagine yeah. that, but then amplify that and then drag that across concrete, but really loud though. Like, but you didn't I'm, hear it with your own ears. You you only no, caught it on the recorder. Only on the recorder. Yeah, see, that's interesting too. And have, only you ever, on the recorder. have you ever tried to put a, a camera out there, like a, at night? They have. They moved out of that house um, oh, oh, last right. year in March, but not because of that. They just was ready to move because they lived there so long. But they never seen anything, and they never. Well, my dad told me that he's seen 
one time he said, the only thing that's back there is just coyote. So I know that's what you've seen. I said, you lived here in this house for over 30 years. I said, in all the years that you've lived in this house, I said, you never once mentioned ever seeing a coyote. I said, but now all of a sudden you've seen, I believe him. He's seen two coyotes back there. But what if it wasn't coyotes? Because, you know, sometimes if they're not prepared or believe in Dogman in the first place to them, they just seen two big coyotes running around back there. Mm-hmm. And then one of the researchers who I just recently had on the show, um, if you get a chance, check it out on uh, my, my group page. I interviewed this guy. He's episode uh, interview six and seven. And I was calling him the Dogman uh, Whisperer. He actually was telling me, he said, he said, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, B. He said, but every now and then, he said, Dogman will do this hyena. Um, what do you call that? I don't know. You know how hyenas make that? It's not even. It's almost, a, like, um, it's almost like a laugh, like a cackle yeah. or something. It's like a really weird sound. I only heard that one time. And that was one of those times. It was like almost six o'clock in the summertime. It was getting ready to get dark outside. And I remember hearing that. And I was like. Nope. Time to go in the house now. <laughs> nope. Because it wasn't nope. Like I nope, as they say, I nope the hell out of there. Um I, I'd be interested to see if the people who bought your parents' old place have had any encounters or any strange things that have happened. Since it, well, since they moved out of there, like I was I took so many pictures over there. I, the fact that they moved out and the fact that I found out all that stuff, I wasn't happy about the fact after the fact that they moved out because that was my childhood home that I grew up in. And plus I didn't get to say goodbye to the house. I didn't get to like enjoy being there for one last weekend. Cause I had a lot of stuff going on. My husband's uh, father having cancer and helping out with that. So the last couple of months before they moved out, I didn't get to say goodbye. So one week, several weekends after that, I would drive through the neighborhood and just pull up next to the curb, but I didn't want to seem weird. So um, I, what I ended up doing was going over across the street to their neighbor's house who had been living there for years. And I just talked to her and I was just telling her um, all those times when you seen me outside taking pictures and stuff like that, this is what I was doing. And she was a Christian. So she was like basically telling me she felt like, well, you know, that's probably that's demonic. I just don't think you should be doing that or, you know, having any parts in that. Like, I don't think you should go back there because I thought, well, at some point I might want to get Cause I have some people that I know who are researchers who wanted to go back there, but my parents didn't live there anymore. So I didn't want it to be weird. I wanted to try to at least try to get some type of bond with the people that still live there. But shortly thereafter, one weekend, I ended up going over to talk to those ladies that live there. I didn't ask them anything about that because I didn't want to come off as crazy or kooky, but they said, well, yeah, you can um, come over here anytime. You're always welcome. So I kind of try to paint it to them in a way where if I wanted to go over there, where it wouldn't seem weird if I wanted to still take pictures. Because I, t- I actually told them I was bird watching. I didn't <laughs> want to tell them what I was really doing. I like taking pictures of nature. I, might, I used to like to let my little dog play in the backyard. So they basically welcomed me to come back. Now, I didn't ask them anything because I didn't want it to seem weird. But um, no, I don't know. I don't know if they have or not. Do the... Is the forest that's behind your parents' old place, is it connected to a, a park or hiking trails? Like how far back does it go? Maybe maybe you could get in from the other side and do some more research. Um, it's not a hiking trail. It's just a wooded, a heavy wooded area back there. Like it's, you can go in, in on one end and go back to that 
trail or path that leads into the woods, go all the way back and turn. And then still, once you walk back there, you can come out on the other far end of the neighborhood on the other side and come out. So it's a big go around in the summertime, like that field is a cotton field. So, but there's a um, pond back there also. Mm. And I know people always say that a lot of times they're back there, that they're usually around some type of water source. I know that my nephew has told me that um, one time him and um, his two, my sister has two sons. So the two sons, my sister's two sons, my two nephews were out playing football outside one day, like in the middle of the road, just tossing the football back and forth to one another. And they seen something large and black running across that trail. So I don't know if you call it a trailer path, but running from one side to the other, crossing over real fast. Um, so now that you've had your encounters and you, I know uh, just from your Facebook page, you've been doing a lot of research and a lot of, it almost seems like a, a little bit of a hobby or an obsession for you. Have you, mm -hmm. have you connected with other people from Alabama and, and why, why do you think Alabama is such a hot spot for dogman sightings? I think not just Alabama, but I think Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, um, Mississippi, they're heavily wooded areas. There's a right. lot of areas for them to hide. Right. Now, a lot of people don't think about this, but, you know, I always used to wonder and like all these encounter stories that I would hear, like on Big Condom show and several other shows that I listen to. Um, you hear hunters talking or people that's out camp camping or hiking talk about the fact that um, the dog man, um, like they're sitting there fishing or whatever they're doing and a dog man dropped down out of the tree or is dropping from tree to tree. A lot of times people don't think about the fact with all this tree cover, a lot of the times they are in the trees. Mm -hmm. So several of the pictures I've taken, they're hiding behind trees or they're up in the trees. So I think that they are wherever they're able to camouflage and hide themselves. So I think that some areas where, like if you got some states where... And I'm not saying that they're not in Arizona or or the plains or anything like that, but you're going to probably hear more encounters in the south or areas where there's a lot of trees. I think that's got a lot to do with it. I also think that the wildlife around here, like the deer and um, like, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Lots of food sources, the deer and the, the, the hogs, the wild boars and exactly kittens because and cats underneath your porch. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they were going into that. Yeah, for sure. And um now I do know that there's like other aspects to them where like you have the theories where people want to know are they flesh and blood or are they supernatural or the interdimensional and I got my theories on that too but it's kind of hard to say because I've, I've interviewed a lot of people I just had old bears den um he's um got his own YouTube channel he is a Christian minister he's also a Bigfoot researcher and he's also an exorcist he uh, I just he was interview number eight on my group and he believes I'm not sure if you've heard of the Nephilim he believes that they're nephew. He goes into great detail. You might want to have him on your show as well. This guy is very interesting. He had his, um, he went into the whole aspect of how Dogman came to be, his theory. Um, he believed that Anubis, you, uh, have you heard of ancient Egyptian Anubis? Yep, the dog. Uh, he believed uh, that Anubis. God yeah. of death, I think, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, he believed 
I don't know where he got this from, um, but he said that he believed that Anubis was originally what Dogman originally looked like with the, with the dog or jackal type head human body. He said that he believes that they were cursed. And uh, he goes into that, what they were doing, but I, I'm going to put you on to him because um, this guy is really interesting. He feels like that they were cursed because of what they were doing as far as humanity is concerned. And what was his and name again? Old Bears Den of Bigfoot on YouTube. Oh, okay. It sounds like, uh, almost sounds like Bill Bean, the gentleman that, that we his had name on. Is, his name is Ralph, but okay. he said um, they were cursed because of what they were doing to humans. He goes into talking about them being a warrior race and of creatures. And I mean, it's really interesting. Right. And I asked him, he believed that um, Dogman and Bigfoot were able to, because um, there's other researchers I've dealt with too. They believe that, um, Dogman and Bigfoot are able to procreate. Hmm. And that's where they feel like the Gugway comes in. Right. So it's just a lot of interesting theories. Now, I will say that I do believe that there's flesh and blood Dogman. I do also feel like there's um, ones that I guess that would be interdimensional. And I believe that there's ones that are um, supernatural in origin. I've actually, and I'm still upset with myself about this to this day because you know how you go into your phone to like just delete like random stuff that you've got in there and you're just trying to click so i've actually captured them on camera like more than once it's not something you see all the time but i've actually caught them on camera morphing into existence and i've even also caught on camera another time where you could just see the head, but it's like, where's the rest of the body? You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. I don't have a lot of dogman experience or uh, or knowledge, but you hear about uh, the B- Bigfoot walking through uh, like a snowy field or along a beach. And then yes. the, tr- the tracks just stop. And oh, yeah. And there's nothing within 100 yards for them to jump onto, like no yes. trees to jump into. And these, these, so maybe they're, they're building up to go through a portal or they're looking for a portal or they do something with the vibrational rate and they don't leave prints. So oh, and yeah. I, think, I think the dogman is the same. I think they're all flesh and blood. And I think that they can go back and forth between whatever dimension they come from. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the skinwalker ranch yes and if you and i i know i've talked about this before on the show uh if you ever read the book hunt for the skinwalker there's two scientists up on a ridge at night and they've got all their equipment with them they're they're, they're looking at the stars trying to find signs of ufos and about halfway down the ridge that they're on there's a it looks like a tear in the sky this bright light opens up and this, what they what they describe as this big black wolfman, crawls out of this portal. It yes. seal it seals itself up, and this thing runs up the escarpment, up to the top of the ridge. Oh wow! Yeah. These, these poor scientists, you know, grabbed all their gear and hauled ass out of there because they're terrified. <laughs> but they said it was a flesh and blood thing, but it came out of a hole in the sky, like a little rip. And as soon as it got oh, out, yeah. it ripped. It, it, repaired itself and it was gone yes i've heard of um cases like that um and and i think when you're sorry to interrupt and i think when people are taking pictures of them you know and people always say oh why are all these pictures of dogman and bigfoot why are they always blurry exactly it's because they're affecting 
the electronics of your phone or your camera or your CCTV you. system. Right? Yes. There's yes. there's far more to these things than flesh and blood. Yeah, because I they're more paranormal than I think we we want to believe, or a lot of people want to believe. I agree with you, and I got tired of debating or arguing back and forth. Like, and during some of my live streams, I just brought that up to people, because you always got ones who say, "Well, the best cameras are out there now," and people, you would think that with the camera phones that you have now or high definition cameras they have, somebody would be able to get like a high quality picture. And what these people who are saying this are not, or they're failing to realize is that. The average person in the moment, like now with our phones and stuff, a lot of the times you have phones that once you're not talking on it, the, the phone screen locks. So you got to put in a code to unlock the phone. Who mm -hmm. is going to, in their right mind, during a dogman encounter, stop and say, wait, let me unlock this phone. So I can take it. <laughs> exactly. Nobody's, right? exactly. Nobody's going to do that. You're and, trying to haul ass to get out of there. And Number I think one. because of the technology and, and the signals that we need for our phones, if you ever see the, the Patterson-Gimlin film from, yes. uh, from California, they shot that on an old Super 8 uh, camera. No electronics, no airwaves, nothing. And I think that's why they caught such a good um, images or film of a Sasquatch. Exactly. Because there was nothing for its its infrasound or vibrational rate to affect. Right? I agree with you. So, but nowadays we've all got, uh, you know, these crazy cell phones, these mini computers and well, they, people can, they, don't can, take they can mess up easily, right? Oh, yeah. People don't take into account, like, you can have people, I don't know if you're familiar with Scott Carpenter and Kirk Stokes or, or North American Dogman Project or any of these groups that um, I guess would claim themselves to be like experts or right. I don't think some of them claim to be that, but these are professionals in the research field. You would think that, okay, the average person or who have not had a dogman encounter that doesn't really know anything about it, that's just part of these groups as a member, they, it doesn't dawn on them to use common sense to think, okay, well, even the professionals are getting pictures like this. Maybe it's because of the creatures. It goes, for me, it goes back to paranormal activity, ghost hunters. When they get, um, they've, re, they've um, fully charged their camera batteries and then they get ready to record some, some uh, an anomaly and it just basically erased all of it. It, it didn't show up at all. Oh yeah, it's happened to us. I've, I've lost, uh, hours of EVPs off my computer or, oh, yeah. or, or our batteries will drain you know, they're fully charged and like two minutes later, they're all dead. So, you know, it's, uh, yes, it's, it's, uh, it's the paranormal world, right? And yes, it is. And these entities and creatures have the ability to affect that. Absolutely. Um, I'm just glad and grateful that during the times that I've actually been out there taking pictures and, recording i'm glad that they never tried to come and do me harm because there have been times when they have actually um actually done bluff charges and tried to attack people or people have i actually right now since i talked to you last i have um i have actual pictures in my phone right now of actual dog man prints really good ones sent in to me from a researcher who actually goes out in the field i don't mean like just a little bit. I mean, like really good prints. And I also have um, pictures in my phone right now of a victim in the UK who was attacked brutally by um, a dog man and wow. she, um, a police officer and his, I think, fiance at the time ended up 
on the scene as she was being attacked by that dog man. And that police officer actually ended up, he reported it back to, he ended up having to discharge his gun to get the thing to stop attacking this lady. And he ended up losing his job for that. And because he also, I think because it was in a residential area, but he also um, told his um, precinct about what had happened and they basically thought he was crazy. He lost his pension, he lost his job over this. I, I can't remember if him, somebody else related to that case. I think the, fian- the officer's fiance ended up committing suicide or killing herself years oh, later. Wow. As a result, it was so traumatic. But there's, I actually have pictures of the um, wounds where the lady was brutally attacked by this dog man. Oh. It's bad, it's really bad. And in addition to that, you've got to go on the page. Actually, I'll send you some stuff after we get off the phone. But that researcher I'm telling you about who sent me this stuff, he just recently sent me a picture that is actually confirmed. He went and investigated the case where a dog man literally ripped the head off of a donkey. I've got that picture in my phone right now, too. It's on the group page, but I'll send it to you tonight. So when you're looking at this picture, you're getting all sorts of information and evidence from people. Oh yeah. People still sending me evidence right now. Somebody just last week removed. You're going to be the dog man queen. I think. Uh, Have you heard (laughs) dark waters on YouTube? We'll have to get you a t-shirt made queen of the dog men. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, a guy just last week off the, um, he sent me a personal message on messenger telling me that he had to remove a post that he put on the group page because he had posted about um, a deer that had showed up with his head half like way um, like turned backwards or the deer was like really messed up. The legs were broken. I mean, it was, it was so bad. Like just reading the story that he put on the page, it was so bad. It was like, Oh my, wow. his friend that the deer's house, whose house the deer showed up at, he had had a conversation with this particular member that I'm telling you about. And the member had said that he told him, um, I had to put a deer down this morning. He said, what do you mean you had to put a deer down? And the deer was so tore up and so mangled, he had to put it out of his misery. The deer was so bad off that even regardless of how bad it, it how bad the injuries were, the deer was, I guess, just so terrified, it actually made its way underneath that man's fence just to get away from whatever had attacked it. But he wow. had to kill him. The guy posted this on the page then he sent me a personal message on Messenger telling me, I'm sorry, I had to remove that post because days after I put that post on the page, the men in black, these government agents showed up at that particular friend's house about the fact that he had shared that post on the page. They showed up at his, ha- at his friend's house, the one who put the deer down. They showed up at his house because of that. Yeah, we hear a lot of reports of that too, the... You know, the, the, the black suburbans that show up and the guys get out. And, well, know. when I put that post on there, directly after I put that post, a whole nother person unrelated to the guy I just told you about, a whole nother person that is a paranormal slash Bigfoot researcher, then said, thank you for letting me know that. I'm glad you put that post on the group because now I know not to post some of the information that I have on the group page. He said, because I'm a paranormal and Bigfoot researcher, but he said at the same time, he said, they told, he said, these people showed up and told him, um, make sure you only stick to paranormal, stick to paranormal and um, 
stick to paranormal and whatever else he was researching, but stay out of our woods. Mm. He said it was so bad. He said that they actually told him that if he didn't stop his Bigfoot research that he was doing, they told him that they were going to um, bring up pedophile charges against him and actually put this stuff in his computer and he was going to lose his 30 year pension. So he wow. told me, I'm not going to be able to, I'll, I'll comment on stuff that you put on the page. This is somebody completely different, but right. I won't share anything on there because I've been threatened by the government. And this is an actual paranormal researcher who's actually got his own group and his own page has done several, several interviews like on coast to coast and several other shows. So I'm getting a lot of information behind the scenes. So that see when they do things like that, it just confirms to me that you know that they they're fully aware. You know, even anywhere in Canada, the UK, Australia, the US. So I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of things out there that they know about that, that they're covering up, and for whatever reason, whether it's for our safety or the creature's safety or for whatever reasons. But uh, Danny and Rachel, yeah. do you have any? Uh, any other questions to ask? I want to know more about uh, the blue eyes compared to the amber eyes. And oh, stuff. yes. We forgot about yeah. that. Okay. So I never knew. I just thought, to me, people talk about how there's different types of dog, man. They say type one, type through, through type seven, different types. And I've always looked at them as like different. I don't know. I just feel like a regular dog that you have different breeds of dog, man. That's how I feel about it different eye colors, just like you would any other animal. But um, the researcher that I was just telling you about and a few others have actually, I don't know what how they came up with this, but they've actually said that they believe that the different eye colors have to do with the mood of the Bigfoot or dog man. They, and they actually went into explanation of what the different eye colors mean. Um, the yellow eye, or amber, yellow eye color was supposed to have to do with being nervous or um, apprehensive, the red eye color meaning um, anger. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and the if you, blue if you eye see color, the red, get out, get the hell out of there quick. Yes, and that's what they were saying. And they said the blue eye color had to do with them being in a calm state or used to you or like peaceful, not hmm. harmful. And I've heard that now three or four different times for three or four different researchers. And this was during different phone calls. They weren't. They were not all on the same call. So I'm kind of, I feel like that, that that makes sense to me. Because like I said, the vibe that I got off of that one, it didn't give off like it was meaning to do me any harm. It was a peaceful experience, but it was still fearful too after it walked away because I just couldn't believe what I'd just seen. But in that moment, I didn't have any fear. I just felt like it was like, oh, okay, it's just you. It was calm. Mm. That's a good so, thing. <laughs> so that's what I think. Yeah, because the scary part about that is that um, I have automatic locks on my car doors. But at that particular time, like sometimes that um, that lock was kind of faulty because it was at time periods when my husband would walk up, try to open the car door. And even though it's supposed to be locked, it, it would open up. So my thoughts at that time was like, please, God, don't let that thing walk over here. Because if it opens the door, uh, what if this I, is one of those I don't guns? think I don't think a closed car door is going to save you from that thing anyway. <laughs> you'd, have to, you've heard, you'd have to be in a tank, I think. You, then you might well, have a might have a, ch a chance. You've heard of all these cases though, where they have, um, like they, you've heard several cases where I don't understand why they just don't bust through people's windows or bust through people's doors more often. 
but they don't. No, I think they just and, like to scare the hell out of you. I think they, I think they, so too. I think they kind of get some enjoyment out of it. I think they do too, and it's kind of scary because it just makes you wonder. Um, and I've heard several cases. I actually interviewed a guy who um, had a Bigfoot and Dogman encounter at the same time. He this was just probably about a month ago. He was in his tree stand. They were both there together. And they actually approached him in his tree stand. But when he started to get fearful and terrified, he said that the dog man put thoughts in his head, telling him not to be afraid. They actually came out in the middle of the field, but he, but he said that they weren't just originally there. He said they came out of a portal. Wow. Yeah, it's I, can a imagine, lot. I can imagine they, they use the same portals too, right? Oh yeah. So um, it's a lot of interesting stuff with that. There's a guy on the page right now who he was my first interview. And like I said, his first that guy, his name is Robert Sharp. And um, he didn't mind me sharing his name. Uh, Robert Sharp uh, was my first interview on the page. And he actually says that from the 80s all the way up to like the early 2000s, he raised a big he raised a dog man until the time it died. And like can't remember early 2000s, but he raised it. He's got a lot of information on that, but it's a lot of stuff. As so, far what's, as so what's next for you? Are you? Do you want to keep uh, researching? Would you like to see another dog man? Would you like, like to have another encounter? Maybe. Uh, I'd like to get out um, into the woods and do some squatching. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to, like I know, I would like what I would like to do. I would like to go do field research, but. Only in the daytime and only if I'm with a large team. I do know what to look for as far as the dogmen are concerned. Right. So I know what to look for as far as they're concerned. I would like to learn more, but I would like to be a part of a large team of researchers if I'm going to go out there. I would like to be able to teach people what to look for and how to take pictures and to know what areas that they're in and what to expect. Right. Um, I do and plan on continuing on. Like right now, I'm backed up on my shows. I've, I've got probably a list of like almost 20 people like that's still waiting to be interviewed. I do a show every Friday or Saturday night on these live streams. And I have like some big names coming up like this in the cryptic community to interview. So I would like to go deeper with this. At some point, I want to go to another level of hopefully trying to get together with some of the bigger names like um, Josh Turner, um, Kirk Stokes, uh, Scott Carpenter, Mike Patterson, get together with these guys and hopefully have like some cryptid conference. I think that would be really great. Even you. You have to have some Canadian guests. How about that? Yeah, even if, you. Get we, you on there. If we can get rid of this COVID nonsense, then we can come right. down there, do a little road I would, trip. <laughs> I think it would be great to have somebody have somebody to put something together like that and have a lecture or a conference and get everybody together and discuss this stuff and share some information. I think that'd be great. I think, so you'd I, be wanna... I think you'd be surprised at how many people would be interested in it. Actually. I'm going to throw that uh, idea out there on the page after we get off this interview. There you go. Rachel, do you have anything to add or to ask or to throw in? Bettina, just in case you don't know, Rachel is, is a medium. So hey, she, Rachel. she might've been picking up on some stuff here. Um, I, she, she, I did. I was writing down notes. Yeah. I did write down a, just a, a little note for you. And I believe this is to go with uh, furthering you down the, the road here. And it was to trust your guidance to lead you the right direction and um, to also follow your own insight, not to 
allow any other judgment or other people's dictation guide you let your own guiding take center so yes yes thank you because whatever uh, makes you happy right yes i appreciate that thank you rachel you're welcome so patina thank you so much this has been awesome our first uh our first dog man uh encounter um would you like to uh promote your facebook page and your own Yes, you can find any of your viewers can find me um, and join the group Crypto Normal Encounters with B Moss. That's C R Y P T O N O R M A L. Crypto Normal Encounters with B Moss. Just click the link and join the group, and either me or one of my administrators will get you and guide you into the group. And hopefully, you will enjoy the content and the information shared within the group. Well, Bettina, thanks very much. Uh, we'll be in touch and uh, all the best. All right. Thanks for having me. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.